Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and Pastor Adam Osier continue their discussion on the Small Called Articles, looking at a New Testament passage and its application. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service in His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bow, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Adam Mosier. You missed the the there. Welcome the. to Being Lutheran. Yeah, it's it's like Ohio State. <laughs> the Being Lutheran the podcast. I don't know of any others. There might be. Yeah. Well, There's a Being Lutheran book that's completely unrelated to our podcast. Right. I haven't brought up Trevor Sutton's book in a while. It'd yeah, be, let's it, not. It'd be interesting to interview him or something. Yeah. 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 I just don't want him to know. Exa- I don't want to get sued. Who was first? <laughs> we were. Oh, okay. I actually have files yeah. that let's prove it. sue him. Yep. So. Uh, anyway, okay, so uh, today we're continuing to talk about the law, and uh, we're in our New Testament episode uh, last week looking at Psalm 19, uh, Old Testament. Uh, we're looking at a passage here, uh, verse 20 from our passage is referenced here in the article, in the Small Called Articles, and we're looking at Romans 5, 18 through 21. And I'll go ahead and read that for us. And Before we do, yeah. I just oh, want yeah, to go say, ahead. Brett, yeah. you know, you're good at keeping us on track. Thanks. <laughs> well, All right. Thank you. Yeah. Let's read Romans. <laughs> <Appreciate it. laughs> you realize what you just did with that? <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, all right. So Romans five eighteen through 21 says, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteous, righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, here ends the reading. Amen. Amen. All right, so yeah, it's verse 20 here, um, talking about the trespass increasing and uh, what's what's going on here. Well, it's obviously talking about quantity. (laughs) (laughs) More sins equals more gospel, Uh, right? Yeah, right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. Good job, job, Jason. Uh, Obviously, Patrick. Logically, yes, yeah. Well, this is the whole thing, is our sinful natures only see sin as quantity. Is there, they are notches that need to be eliminated. And and we never see the quality of sin, which is why original sin comes first in the confession before the nature of the law. We never see the quality of our sin, only the quantity of our sin, hmm. which is why... Did you mean to say it the opposite? Qual- we, we, we never see the quality of our sin. We only see the quantity, quantity of our sin. Is that what I said? I thought that's what I said. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. Only time keep, will tell. Keep going. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sorry. Why a vast majority of us... When we feel convicted about a specific sin, our immediate response is to do something good to cancel it out because we're only worried about volume. Hmm. We're only worried about the quantity. The net outcome. The net outcome. Yeah. It's, 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 well, it's, I mean, how many generic American Christian places have you 
bin that talked about your spiritual bank account. That, you know, and, and which is really interesting because that takes us all the way back to Roman Catholicism and the treasury of merit. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, we, we're only able to quantify that's, that's our too sin. Catholic. That's too Catholic. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I mean, shocked, yeah. right? Yeah. And this is what it is. And so, yeah. One of the reasons the law becomes bad is the law shows us more sin when we are ignorant of that sin until the law shows us sin. And now we have more sin to deal with. So now we got to have more grace. The Where this flips on its head, and we'll, we would we'll get into this if we continued the study into to Romans 6, then the, the sinful nature shows up again saying, well, if God's grace takes care of all of our sin, I should just sin more because then I get more grace. And so the first danger is treating our sin quantifiably. The second danger is treating, treating grace quantifiably. Hmm. Both of those are equal errors in this passage. Sure. And I wonder, you know, sometimes you hear people that don't like when the law is preached fully because they feel like, you know, people are just going to feel like they can sin or that they won't change their life after that or something. Yeah, cheap grace. Yeah, cheap grace, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's... So the problem with... you know, So... What do we mean when we say you preach the law in all of its fierceness or, or all of its sternness or however you say it in whatever tradition you say it? What we mean by that is if a passage condemns a specific sin, you condemn that specific sin to the degree that it's condemned. You know, so Jesus says, you, you, you have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery, but I say to you, do not lust. If you preach on those verses, you are condemning the sin of lust all the way and not, you know, patting around it and excusing some behavior and, you know, doing kind of like boys will be boys kind of excuses. That's what we mean, preach the law in all its sternness. But we can't, we, what we can't do is teach that sinning less means we have less sin. Hmm. Hmm. And if you were to root out a habitual sin in your life. Think of whatever habitual sin that is, whether it's laziness or gluttony or, or whatever it might be. If you were to root that out of your life by great effort, uh, great human efforts of sanctification, dun, 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 kind of a thing, uh, <laughs> you would still be the same amount of sinner before God as if you hadn't done that. Because sin is both quality and quantity. And that's why we talk about original sin first. So the point of the gospel is not to sin less. The point of the gospel is to receive God's grace. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. The law. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering in this passage, verse 20 now the law came in to increase the trespass. Uh, what does it mean? The law came in. What 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 historical evidence or, or referent? The sorry, law not has, evidence. Referent. The law has entered the chat room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and ultimately, uh, you know, Paul's making the argument that the law is really written on our hearts, you know, and that we need to you know be aware of that. But that um, elsewhere, Paul talks about you know, how the law came in and he goes, I didn't even know I was a sinner until the law came in and then it came in and I died. You know, um, that language of the, the law coming in, I think is a reference to the clear and direct word of God delineating his will to us. And I, I 10 commandments language. Right. Yep, yep. And I think that, 
um, you know, the, the law came in to increase the trespass, recognizing that there's maybe some vague notion that I didn't do something right. But when the word of God in its clarity, in its, in its firm declaration, do not do this. <laughs> Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Have no other gods before me. I'm saying all of these out of order. I get that. Uh, you know, don't kill, adul- you know, ad- adulterize or covet. Uh, don't steal. Don't lie. All of those things. They come in and they, when, when that, that lens, and that's kind of what I think this is going, that lens just magnifies and increases the reality of like, holy cow, I didn't do this so good at all. Like there's just, there's, uh, you know, it, it, it makes that, that little, maybe um, that little box of rules that I can keep all of a sudden it, it shows me that inside that box sits inside a massive ocean filled aspect of God's demands and expectations and will and desire that I have not kept. Therefore, you know, there was an increase, so to speak, in the trespass in in terms of my guilt. And when that guilt was exposed, when I get to see that in its fullness, not we, we don't get honestly the fullness, but but to to the degree that wow, that's the the bigger I see myself as a sinner, the greater the Savior Jesus becomes. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, yeah. I think that's what, you know, grace abounded all the more. The reality that, like, sin increase grace abounded all the more. I realize how much more beautiful. And, and that's, that goes to what you're talking about, Jason. It's not quantitative, it's qualitative. How much more sinful I am reflects and balances the equation of how much, how much more beautiful Jesus looks we, when we, I hear the gospel. We can't out-sin the gospel. We cannot send the blood of Christ, <laughs> but we shouldn't try. But yeah, you know. yeah. So what's interesting to me about this is I, I was looking this up. The word came in, Adam, since you were curious about that. My immediate understanding is that was the preaching and deliverance of the law. You know, like the law came into the picture, like you said, law enters the chat room. <laughs> and, and if that was the case, if that was the verb, that would be Mount Sinai, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Or... Genesis 2.17 or anything like that. That's not the verb. Hmm. The the verb here is to slip in unnoticed. And so Paul... Paul's uh, argument here is kind of like me at the parties in high school that yeah. I always wanted to get invited to. Who invited but, this guy? Yeah, I didn't want, yeah. Oh, get out of here. But this would be the function of Satan using the law against us or our conscience using the law against us. That's what this is hmm. talking about. So this would be, in fact, the accusatory function of the law. So sin abounds. Because or the the law increases because our sin abounds, and, and, and this is the work of the law showing us our sinfulness. Yeah, that's that's kind of the image that came to my mind. Of imagine you're sitting in a dark room with the pile of your sin around you, but the law comes in with a flashlight and just shows you uh, everything that's that you're, you're the guilt that you're sitting in. Yeah, or uh, I don't know, is that a good way to? Yeah, the, actually, the first image that popped in my head. I'm just apologizing in advance. Is if you watch The Simpsons, and every time something stupid happens, there's Nelson Munt pointing, going ha ha, you know, that sort of a thing. <laughs> that, that's how the law slips. It's like, where did this guy come from, and why is he making fun of me? Uh, but the, I mean, we have to see this then, yeah. and, and this is the whole thing with God's word: is Satan uses God's word just as much as we do. It's 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 not like the only use of God's word is noble. And, and, and valiant is Satan will take the law and he'll just use it as a cudgel. 
hmm. that he'll just beat us over and over again. So the law came in to increase the trespass. That's what Satan wants. As the accuser, he wants to increase your trespass. He wants to overwhelm you with your own, <laughs> own sinfulness. And then, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. And, and that's actually the language of uh, John 1.16. Mm-hmm. And John 1.16 is, from his fullness, we have received grace upon yeah, grace. Grace upon grace, yep. And um, if, you, if you have access to this, I, I think it's now public domain somewhere. But there's a Lutheran commentator uh, from the turn of the 20th century, the middle 20th century, uh, R.C.H. Lenski is his name. Lenski's commentary are known, especially around, around Lutheran pastors. But Lenski's commentary on John 1 says the image intended by John in John 1.16 is the like image waves. of waves on the, the seashore, sea. yeah, that, yeah. that the grace of God is not exhaustible. Sure. Now, what is interesting is there actually is a, a an end to your sin. Hmm. But thank you, Jesus. Yeah. But but God's <laughs> yeah. grace is never ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. It, it, this kind of you know this discussion reminds me of remember the when Luther was feeling attacked by the devil and. And uh, what's that quote where he's like, yeah, what of it, devil? You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. I, Jesus Christ is my savior and where his blood is, yes. I will not be accused. Yeah, I, uh, every Lent I use that quote that I don't have memorized uh, as a Facebook banner. But mm-hmm. yeah, what of it? Uh, every yeah. time Satan accuses us, Jesus stands as our advocate saying, I died for that sin. Mm-hmm. And I died for that sin. But what is tremendous is Jesus also died for our sinfulness that he died for our sinful nature. And, and the whole purpose of Jesus becoming a human is that he takes care of our concupiscence in the same manner as he takes care of our actual committed sins. And, mm-hmm. and that allows us to understand Romans 5 in this way. Yeah, very good. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how much we want to get into this here, but, um, you know, how can we avoid encouraging people to sin more that that maybe would kind of like the i don't know i think of like a junior high boy of like oh how much can i get away with here you know kind of you know what i'm saying like or like a, a toddler like i'm gonna find that line yes. i'm gonna stick my toe directly yeah. over that line see what you do uh i'm full you're gonna be shocked at my answer just absolutely out of left field completely blown over this is what we have the doctrine of vocation for. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> Big of my vocation hammer. Every second uh, verse, same as the first. Yes, yeah. Yeah. But vocation. It, yeah. it, but we discussed this last week in a, in a mo, more overt or covert manner, I yeah. should say, uh, is the whole point to addressing the quantity, not the quality, the quantity of sin in your life to realize where do my good works go? Where do my good works belong? If I've received the grace of God, what are my good works for? And it's for our neighbor. It's not that, you know, we're, we're trying to get you to sin less and then you're doing better. It's we're trying to get you to obey the law, but the neighbor needs the law. I like how you said it, you know, kind of reorient or redirecting where your good works go. That's yeah. the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and why I have been teaching now for nearly 15 years, the two halves of the Christian life are assurance of salvation and vocation. And, and assurance of salvation orients us to the nature of the gospel. And under that vocation orients us to the nature of the law. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're saying understanding vocation. Yep. Helps us to not get carried away with 
well, I'm just going to keep on sinning, and you know, God gives me grace. We got this all all worked out pretty well. I sin, and He gives me grace. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm good at sinning. Jesus is good at forgiving. Yeah, yeah. It's a wonderful relationship. I've heard that before. No, it's I. I will go. I will make this. Will probably be one of the more bold statements I, I say on the podcast. But where you see moralistic therapeutic deism creeping in in the church, wherever that might be, I guarantee at that point you will see where the doctrine of vocation is broken down. Hmm. And I'll stand on that. Okay. That whether it's a denomination I or a that. Yeah, Say can, that again. Can you give an example of that too? So like, so moralistic therapeutic deism yeah. is that my Christianity works for me right. and it's about me being a better person. God, God wants right? me good. He wants me happy, happy. Yeah. It's yeah. the lame sauce version of works righteousness where you see that moralistic Christian philosophy. What, what I, I can't even throw denominations under the bus here because it's everyone everywhere all the time. But where you see that, uh, God wants you to be nice and he wants you to be a good person. And that's the outcome of your Christianity where you see this come in. That's where you will see an absence of the doctrine of vocation. Okay. Because what it is, is my good works are for me instead of my good works are for my neighbor. Hmm. Hmm. It's like the headwaters of uh, well, it, going it, in the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> if you look in, in Lutheran history, and if you look at at the the effects of capital P Pietism, uh, it was at the expense of the doctrine of vocation. If you look at prosperity gospel uh, nonsense, there's the no. I mean, you have to Christianize everything you do so that Jesus will reward you. If you look at generic American Christianity, God's nice, I'm nice, go be nice. Uh, there's no doctrine of vocation, right? And so what we're, we're Christianizing our good works, we're selfishly taking credit for our good works, whatever the case might be, where you see, you know, this question of how do we encourage people to sin, you know, you know, how do we not have the Christian life devolved to sinless kind of a thing? That was the question. Or what was the question? Yeah. How can we avoid encouraging people to sin more so they're given more grace? Mm-hmm. That has to be vocation. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise we're misordering our good works. Sure. Mm-hmm. You, you look at me like I've got something to say, and I've been—you are a podcast. Host. I have been stuck on this. Uh, I've been stuck on this thought, and I could not come up with. I knew it was in the in surrounding context, uh, so I'm changing the subject. Jason always says these profound things that sometimes are right, and sometimes <laughs> he just is saying them because he's a podcaster. And Blind like, squirrels no. and nuts. That's my philosophy. Oh, no. yeah. I, I just I kept like, where is this verse? And and so. Tying in earlier what we were talking about, how, you know, sin creeping in unannounced and, or not sin, the law creeping in unannounced and, you know, sin increased and I died. Uh, oh, sorry. Verse 20. Yep. I'm mixing up the uh, law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased grace abounded all the more. You get down to chapter seven and Paul's talking in verse nine. He's talking about, I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died for the very commandment, the promised life proved death to me for sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment deceived me and through it killed me. So the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good, but it isn't good for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think that that's the heart, you know, like he talks about, I wouldn't have known, you know, all, all this, I wouldn't know what coveting is except for it said, don't covet. And then instead of us fixing the coveting problem, it's interesting. Cause Paul says this in verse eight, but since he's in an opportunity through the commandment, Oh, sorry. Verse seven. Yeah. Verse seven. What shall we say then? <laughs> Stop laughing, Jason. 
What that the law is sin by no means. Yet if it had been for the law, I would have not known sin. Had it been for the law, I wouldn't have known sin. For I would have not known. Or, well, I would have. I would not have known. Wow. <laughs> so it has to be your bull. <laughs> That's a Tommy Boy reference. Look it up. Uh, what was I trying to say? For I, uh, for I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said don't covet. But sin seizing an opportunity through the commandment produced in me all kinds of covetousness. Apotelismaticum. Like the, <laughs> there you go. Stop it. All right. The law actually produced the covetousness because I recognized that in my own flesh, without Jesus, without the grace of God, that came in to cudgel me or whatever you said. You know, is that the mm-hmm. word you use? Cudgel. It, sound, it sounds very like 1920-ish, but we'll go with it. Yep. You know, that, that it came in to prod me and to poke me into saying, okay, go ahead. Yeah, here, here's, you know, you think you shouldn't do it. Well, you're going to end up doing it because you are a sinner. You need Jesus. It's- that was the maybe the most unhelpful Three and a half, most unhelpful three and a half minutes of our podcast <laughs> in my time being here. But all that yeah. to say is, I was trying to defend myself looking at Romans seven. Yeah, brutal, brutal. Sorry about that. Just everybody. wanted to say, Adam's Mom, soliloquy brought to you by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, where Adam's employee of <laughs> and uh, employed by Jason, who is a board member. Uh, all right, oh, what well, we're yes, looking at, yes. but this Romans seven and Romans five, this distinction, what you're talking about, where the law only shows us more sin. That is actually the nature of leprosy. And this is why people get this wrong. So the nature of leprosy... You touch is, it and you know that something's bad. Well, you, or you don't know that yeah, you, you You don't know how sick you are. You don't know when you're in danger. You don't know when you're doing yourself damage. That's concupiscence. Concupiscence. Yeah, no, I've said it right like five uh, times in a row. Stop I have stealing to make my fun mojo. Of you. I just went on three and a half minute rant of not being able to read one verse. Yeah. So, but that's what our sinful nature is. We just simply have no idea of knowing how sick we are. Yeah. And what you need when you're a leprosy patient is you need a doctor to come in and say, look, you're dying. Like, like you just stepped on fire and you have third degree burns on your feet and you have no idea. <laughs> yeah. You know, fire is bad. So the doctor is the law. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the doctor in this case is, is saying, don't do this because it'll hurt you. And you, well, I, I don't, it doesn't look like it hurts me. I don't feel it. And that's where the law comes in and shows us what is bad. Then Jesus comes in. And he pays the price we deserve for being bad, but he also takes our sin nature and he dies for that as well, that he takes on the likeness of human flesh. And so that both our actual committed sins are punished because Jesus is our substitute, but Jesus in fact takes all of our human flesh and he redeems it. Mm -hmm. You got that. It's Gregory of Nazianzus who said what Jesus did not assume he could not redeem. Hmm. And so it's, it's not only our committed sins Jesus died for, because that would be just as if I never sinned. That would be a second chance to get it right. Mm-hmm. It is everything that makes us sinful, Jesus died for. And that, what the law is doing in Romans 7 is showing us that we have leprosy. Yeah. 
Okay. Amen. All right. Well, um, you know, we're we're getting to the end here. I don't think we yeah. can end on leprosy, though. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, Second Corinthians 5, 21. I've quoted this before, but okay. it works perfectly. He became sin who knew no yeah. sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of yeah. God. Is that, that Jesus pays the price for our sin. He becomes sin in our place. He receives the wrath of God. And because of Jesus, God looks at us and he sees Jesus. We are the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. And so that, that new nature is actually Jesus righteousness. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. The Free Lutheran Bible College invites you to attend Christmas at FLBC on December 1st through the 3rd, featuring performances by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary Choirs and the Symphonic Wind Ensemble. To register for free or find the live stream information, look at flbc.edu slash Christmas. God bless you and have a great week.